Hello there, welcome to Talent and Growth. I'm your host, Paul Church. Thanks for joining me today. I'm really excited to share this episode with you. It is with Jen Gardner, who is the Vice President of People at a company called Charter Up. Now, you may not have heard of Charter Up, but if you haven't, you soon will do because they are the second fastest growing private company in the US. They're a fully integrated marketplace for bus charters and they are growing at a rapid pace. They've had an incredible three years of existence. So yeah, it's really, really fascinating to hear about a company in these times going through this kind of hyper growth. Um, So I think you'll enjoy this. I think you'll also enjoy the advice that Jen gets around how she is going to manage what needs to be done in terms of the talent acquisition, the hiring, the performance management, the the culture building, uh, and they're a fully distributed business as well. So there's so much going on here and they're just, uh, yeah, sound like a really inspirational business and, and Jen's just got such a cool vibe about her. So I really enjoyed this chat. Hope you do too. Let me know what you think. Here it is. Just before we get to today's episode with Jen, I've got some questions for you. Are you committed to increasing diversity in your team? Do you want to be part of something completely different? Are you ready to take action and not just words? Well, if so, Reframe Women in Tech Conference is the one event to be part of this year. This not-for-profit conference has a mission to make conferences and personal development for all and to reframe the narrative around women in tech. It's not about footfall or commercial gain, but personal growth and development for all. It's not like any event you've ever been to before. Do you want to get involved? If so, join me there. Visit reframe-wit.com for more on sponsorship and tickets. It's Friday, the 29th of September. This is run by really good people doing really good things. And if if diversity is important to you, women in tech is, is important to you, come along. It's going to be great. Here's the episode. Jen, a warm welcome to Talent and Growth. How are you doing today? Thanks, Paul. Doing well. Good to see you. How are you? I'm doing great, thanks. Good to see you as well. And what would be great, a great place for us to start is if you wouldn't mind just kicking off by sharing us a bit about your background and, and your journey through to becoming a VP of People at Charter Up. Sure. Yeah, thanks. Well, I'm super excited to chat today. Um, So thank you for having me. Um, But yeah, so my background, I've been in the people and talent space for over 15 years. Um, I started in really large public kind of uh, mostly commercial businesses. um, And that's where I really kind of grew up in the space where I had the opportunity to work with Specialists in all areas of people, um, TA, L&D, even compensation. Um, and I learned from really some of the very best there. So had a really great upbringing in that way. Um, I started kind of dipping my toes into the startup world a few years ago when I joined Casper, which at the time was a really progressive and, and true kind of industry industry disruptor. Um, it was there that I got the startup bug that I am still infected with. Um, I realized that I really love building things. Um, and so just prior to coming to Charter Up, I spent two years as um, CPO at June, which is a global prop tech marketplace. Um, and there I built the people function from scratch, scaled the team through hypergrowth, 
Um, and then here I am at ChartUp uh, to do it again. I joined ChartUp at the start of this year as the company's first VP of people um, for, the pers- for, for the last nine months. Yeah, well, September already. Nine months, I've been um, heavily focused on TA and, um, you know, just kind of all aspects of, of team member enablement as we, as we grow and scale the business through this growth phase. Fantastic, thank you. And look, yeah. some of our listeners as well, particularly us in the UK, may not be familiar with Charter Up, but there's some pretty impressive stats behind this business. So, do you want to do you want to sharing a bit of background over the, I suppose, the last few years for the company? Sure. Um, you're not familiar in the UK yet, but hold that thought. Um, so, Charter Up is a tech-enabled marketplace for group transportation. Um, so, if you think. Um, uh, you know, you think you you want to rent or book a hotel, right? You go on Expedia.com, you go on a marketplace like that, you can look at hotels, you can look at prices, you can get the best price for your trip. That's what we do for group transporta- transportation, bus charters, other, other types of transportation. Um, we were just named by Inc. Magazine the second fastest growing private company in America. Super exciting. Um, we've had, this is a big number, over 111,000% growth in revenue. So over 111,000%. Um, over 280% year-over-year increase in demand for our corporate shuttle program. Um, we currently partner with over 600 operators. We have a nationwide fleet of over 4,000 vehicles, um, and we're still growing that. Um one of the things that I'm super proud of is last year alone, CharterUp eliminated over a billion miles worth of carbon emissions um, with 25 miles driven by our charters. Um, and our team is growing. Our team has grown from 40 people in 2020 to almost 200 today and still growing. We plan to add about 300 new roles in the next 18 months. Amazing. So I believe yeah. you. I'm sure uh, everyone will be will understand who Charter Up is really soon. I mean, incredible numbers. Um, America is not a small place. So being the second fastest growing private company uh, in the U.S. is pretty amazing. What, what's it? What does it in your nine months since joining this business? What, what does it feel being a part of a company which is you know there's no other word other than accelerating with its growth. Um, it's it's it feels great. It's really exciting. Um, it. Uh, it comes with, I think, a lot of responsibility. You know, throughout the team, we, um, you know, we expect a lot out of out of our people. We hire really smart, really talented, really motivated people, and we know that, um, you know, there's while we've captured a lot of market share, there's 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 a lot more out there to capture the UK. Um, so, uh, you know, so we're, we're working hard and fast to get there, but it's, it's great. There's a there's an energy and excitement that's really that's really kind of motivating. Amazing. So it's about some of the talent acquisition strategies which are going to be in place or need to be put in place to support your business during this rapid scaling. Yeah, so um, my focus um, since I joined CharterUp has been heavily kind of uh, TA um, because we have, you know, added so many new roles. We're continuing to grow. Um, And I think it's really important when you're in scaling mode and growth mode to have a TA strategy that 
um, allows you to be kind of agile and adaptable because the company's needs change, right? And things change. We know in startups, um, the only kind of consistency is change sometimes. So I think it comes down to a few things in terms of TA strategy for for supporting scaling. I think you need to have clearly defined hiring needs. Um, you know, so we at CharterUp, we start by identifying the specific roles and skills and experience and competencies that our business needs to scale. So we know we're not just building for today, we're building for the future of our business. Um, you know, we we don't put a Band-Aid on problems by throwing a body at it or, you know, creating a role around it. We really try to look um, holistically and, and be more kind of forward thinking and planful. Um, prioritizing speed in the hiring process is critical. So when you're in growth mode, you need to move fast. Um, for me, you know, part of that is making sure that there are very clear, well-defined, repeatable processes that are in place, um, you know, so that so that you can uh, you can keep moving and you don't get slowed down because you don't know kind of what's next. Um, competitive comp and benefits is always important, especially in the tech space, which is where we operate and where we pull a lot of our talent from. So we're constantly looking at data. Uh, to make sure that our comp packages are competitive. Um, one of the things that is an advantage for us is we're, for the most part, a fully distributed team. So we are mostly fully remote um, and we also hire globally. So, you know, by, by being, for the most part, fully distributed, we're able to source from much larger talent pools than if we were focused on one geographical location. Um, and then... I think finally, candidate experience is uh, is critical. So making sure that every candidate has a positive experience with our company, whether they're hired or not. There's nothing I love more than a former candidate who maybe didn't end up joining, um, you know, just after their uh, their interview or or um, you know re- recruitment cycle. Uh, refers someone or comes back and comes back again and, and you know, and, and we pick them up the next time. So having that reputation um, and, and having that kind of uh, that candidate experience will attract more talent in the long run. People talk. Of course they do. That's right. That's <laughs> right. <do>. <laughs> um, and of course, look, I'm always interested to hear about technology we're using, AI we're using, um, to hear about the, the latest new thing. I'm, I'm attracted to shiny new things. But what about in, for, for, for a business like yours, which you're going to be going through such growth and where things like candidate experience are obviously going to be so important, speed, efficiency going to be so important. Are there, is there any technology that you are leveraging or will be leveraging to, to make everything just run better for you? Yeah, um, there's so much cool TA and people tech out right now. It's, you know, uh, it's, it's very exciting. I'm also attracted to shiny new things, but I try to stay focused and see what works first before picking up the next new thing. Um, I really like uh, you include. We started one of actually my, um, my TA partners on my team introduced me to you include, which um, they evaluate the the language used in your JDs and measures the inclusion level of the job and how likely it is to appeal to a wide range of qualified candidates. So as you're typing and creating your JD, 
um, it gives you a score. And so higher the score, the more likely you're, you're going to appeal to a broader pool of candidates. So I love that. Um, I'm also really liking um, Covey Scout, which is a sourcing tool that once you kind of program the bot, sources candidates from personal websites, GitHub, other places, um, and then they reach out to those candidates with personalized emails that, you know, you've created and um, can kind of, uh, you know, set it. And then, and, then, and then we've seen a great response from that. So that's been very exciting. My favorite feature of that tool is you can program it to be flexible with certain criteria to include more candidates from underrepresented groups. So, um, you know, you can say, well, flex down on years of experience or flex down on, you know, or, or, or flex a little bit on something else um, if the candidate is from an underrepresented group, which is really important for us as, you know, if we're trying to grow and really, you know, build a, a really diverse team. I'd not heard of that one. I still need to look at it. I remember you mentioned uh, it to me last time, so I'll have a look at that. And that, that does yeah. sound, sounds really interesting. And are there any other things which you think or other areas which you think you need to um, bring some sort of tech in to, or anything, in, in, any, any kind of plans in that kind of regard? Yeah, well, you're catching me as we're just about to launch our new ATS LMS engagement and performance modules of our current system, we're actually launching those modules within Rippling, which is what we use currently for an HRIS. And I'm actually really excited about this because for the first time in my career, it feels like there's a people system that does a lot of things really well. You know, um, there, there are other people systems that have done or say they do it all, but it's not, you know, it's not the best. Um, uh, I got real nerdy on a call with Rippling the other day because some of their uh, their product folks and their engineers are on the call and they're from Lever and they're from Greenhouse and, you know, they're from Lattice and they were like, we pulled in all these, all the best features and, you know, now it's all here. So I really like that because, um, you know, to have all of that data in one place is going to enable us to measure, make decisions so much faster. And, you know, and the fact that I don't have to do this huge implementation and, you know, build like, you know, there are systems that are really great and they have endless, you know, capabilities, but you have to, you have to build them out and that takes time. Right. And um, so having it there all at our fingertips, I'm very excited about. Uh, no, I bet. Yeah, that sounds amazing. And okay, we'll come back to the the hiring side. So let's, of course, you're, you're, you're VP of people. So let's talk about the let's talk about the people side, the internal side. And, and one of the things I'd imagine could be tough to handle in terms of the pace of growth and, and what's going on in a business is performance management. So talk, talk us through, the, I suppose, the systems you can have in place there. I suppose, obviously, there can be the tech there, but I suppose the human side of that, how are you going to manage people's performances and make sure it's, everything's on track without kind of people getting lost in the mix? Yeah, this is a topic that is very near and dear to my heart. Um, you know, performance management is one of those things that done well really drives the success of a business. Done poorly is just a massive waste of time. And, um, you know, quite frankly, we'll position your people team as, um, you know, an administrative and kind of check the box function, which is... Um, you know, anti to everything that we are and want to be. So um, 
what we've been focused on is building kind of first the foundation of a culture of continuous feedback. So we wanted to make sure that feedback is part of how we work, something we all looked for, look for, um, you know, peer to peer, manager to direct, up, down, across, um, making feedback something that just is part of our everyday and part of how we work and part of how we get better. Um, I think it was really important to put that in place first, or at least, you know, focus on that first. And then we'll be launching our kind of more formal performance cycle at the end of this year. Um, It's going to be focused on well, it's really an approach that I used in my in my previous company, but we had really great success. Very similar situation where there was nothing kind of formalized in place yet. Um, distributed team. Um, so we're launching the end of this year. It'll be focused on kind of low lift, high impact, and pretty frequent. We're we're, we're thinking most likely quarterly check ins. Um, again, two way feedback. Um, check in on goals for the quarter, performance for the quarter. um, And then, you know, most likely at the end of the year, next year, kind of a more comprehensive look at the year. But I find that when you break it up into chunks, um, it is much more valuable to the team member, to the, to the manager, to the leader, um, because, you know, it doesn't feel like this huge lift. It doesn't feel like, um, you know, like something that just that 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 my team is telling the team that they have to do. And it's really let's look back. You know, we, we move really quickly as a startup in the startup world and, and charter up as a, you know, as an organization. So look back at the quarter and, you know, quarters can go by pretty quickly. So did you did you do what you set out to do and deliver and did you ship what you needed to ship that quarter? And if not, what happened? And how do we course correct, you know, much faster? And um, how do we identify roadblocks that much faster? So, you know, I'm, I come from the days of the annual performance review where I'd walk down the hallways in my office and people would close their blinds and shut their doors because they didn't want to want to see me at review time. Um, so I never I never want that to happen again. Never want that to be the, the case again. Um, and so. You know, it doesn't it doesn't feel that daunting when you're looking on kind of a quarterly basis and it just becomes part of how we work. We set the goals for the quarter. We we you know, we look at at what we delivered at the end. Yeah, the end of year review. Yeah, no one wanted that. Oh, gosh, the worst. (laughs) The worst. Um, So you're a distributed business. So remote first, it that can be tough uh, in terms of maintaining um, a healthy and engaging culture or building any kind of culture which is reflective of you know, the, the lead, business leader's values and how they want it to feel. That can be tough and that can have its own challenges, let alone growing at the scale you're growing. So how are you keeping or how are you going to keep that culture how you want it to be, be it healthy, safe, inclusive? How are you going to do all those things? What are the kind of steps you're going to take or, or have done already? Yeah, um, this is a huge focus for us right now. I think, you know, as you mentioned, not because not only because we're growing, but also because we are a fully distributed team for the most part. Um, and, you know, I, I, uh, it's something that you have to be very delivered, deliberate about, very intentional about, and, you know, and, and, and really focus on. And I've said to my peers on the leadership team a number of times when I first joined, like, 
y'all are really lucky because you didn't have a people team in place. You didn't have anyone who's, you know, whose focus was here. And yet the culture, you know, despite starting in office pre-pandemic, going remote post-pandemic, growing rapidly, um, is is still relative, relatively healthy, just kind of organically. But, you know, to me, I thought that luck is just, you know, that's got to run out much sooner than later. So, um, so we have to focus there. So luckily I have, you know, I have a great leadership team, um, uh, you know, of peers who are, are super people focused leaders and, you know, culture to them is not fluff. It's not nice to have. It's what's going to, it's what's going to drive our business and, and keep us successful. So huge focus for us right now. And I think the biggest driver of culture really is leadership. And as a leadership team, we need to model the behaviors that we want to see. We want to remain consistent when it comes to, you know, kind of what behavior is and is not tolerated within the organization. Right. Um, and uh, we, we have, we have a really motivated and driven team I mentioned earlier. And while the remote factor is a huge plus for a lot of our team members, we also see the energy and, and the speed with which we can build relationships when we get to spend time together in person. So we're looking at the best ways to make that happen for each team cross-functionally. Um, you know, we've been doing a lot more um, kind of in-person team building strategy sessions, um, you know, just just get togethers. Um, and the energy can can last uh, for a while from that. And, uh, you know, we always talk about like the benefit cross-functionally when, you know, when you've already got a, you've already had a meal or, you know, shared a drink with somebody in an, on another team and then you have to call them and ask them for help it's much easier to do that when you know when you when you already have the foundations of that relationship there so that's really important and we're working right now on figuring out kind of what the right cadence is how do we do it often enough to not be disruptive but to to really drive that value what do you feel about the 2023 has certainly been um the year of the return to office and people getting pushed back to the office in some cases, maybe with Elon, Elon Musk um, flying the flag and running ahead with getting everyone back to the office. And I think a lot of companies have kind of yeah. followed too. And one of the arguments I hear, and I, I anyone who listens to the show knows I'm an absolute advocate of remote first working and choice, yeah. that's what I believe. But the people who are trying to push people back to the office feel that they're is a lack of innovation, a lack of creativity, a lack of collaboration, and thus we all need to get back around the water cooler. What do you feel about um, that, that that kind of noise that goes on in the market? Yeah, um, you know, I think you just have to look at the data. I think you look at the data and you look to see that, um, you know, what, what, are, what are people in the workforce saying? They're saying that they want the choice, right? The, I think the, the, the largest segment of the population wants to be able to, you know, be in person if they want to, or work remotely if they want to. People saw, um, you know, the, uh, a huge benefit from not commuting and, you know, and to be able to have that, that flexibility. Um, you know, I think that the companies that are pulling people back to the office and making people come back, um, it just speaks to their culture and it tells me that they they have a lack of trust in the culture and maybe they have, a, you know, a lower performing team. Um, 
And, you know, and, and the ways to get around that, I don't think are, are to, you know, make, tell people they have to sit in a certain area in a certain building every day. I think, um, you know, there are much better ways to drive the performance of your team. We have, you know, we know like our tech team, um, we're scaling our tech team. Our tech team is one of the most kind of, um, uh, one of the teams that's going to grow the most over the next 18 months. And um, we learned from talking to candidates that a lot of, a lot of the tech talent that we're talking to is actually missing that in-person collaboration a little bit and feels like, you know, for an engineer, like it's easy to just get behind the screen and just, you know, crank it out for 10 hours. And when you miss that, that feeling of being part of a community and part of a team and part of something bigger, um, you know, it's hard to feel completely fulfilled in your role and what you're doing. So because we talked to so many people who said like, oh, I really kind of like to be in person every once in a while, we're building our tech hub now around our, um, our space in Austin, Texas. So Texas, I'm not sure if you're familiar, but Austin has become a really kind of booming tech hub over the past handful of years. And so there's a lot of great talent right there. Our CTO happens to be located there. Um, and so, you know, so we've got some space and, um, you know, we're going to have people in a few days a week. It's going to be, you know, for the, for the, for the first, you know, few months as we're building the team and people are new, probably more frequent in-person interaction and then really just letting people figure it out as they go, what works best for them. Um, but to be honest, I think, you know, 90% of the time we, we, uh, candidates are excited about that. So they, they like that choice. Um, we also have a space in Atlanta, Georgia, which is where we, our first headquarters, was where people can, you know, come together, teams can come together when they want to. Um, but yeah, but for the most part, we're, we're fully distributed. But yeah, to, to get back to your question, I think, I think people are probably, I think companies that are dragging people back to the office or try to solve, are trying to solve for something that, that won't solve. I agree. I agree. And, and okay, so moving forward, um, personal development, how professional development, how, do you, how are you going to prioritise professional development for people, with, for employees, again, amidst such fast pace going on around them? Yeah, that's something that's also kind of deeply woven into our culture. One of the, one of the themes of our onboarding programming, which we're building out, but this is, this is one of the you know, first kind of um, components of it, is around empowerment. And, you know, we expect leaders to empower their teams. We expect team members to continually kind of level up and make more and more of an impact. And, um, you know, part of that and something that's really important to me, to us as an organization is creating and fostering a culture of psychological safety, right? Where people in any role, at any level within the organization, feel confident to stretch themselves, to bring ideas to the table, to kind of reach beyond the scope of their role, to make mistakes, um, using good judgment, but make mistakes, right? And, um, you know, uh, that's, it's something that we cover, as I mentioned, kind of early on in the, in the, uh, in the, in the team member journey in onboarding. And it's always interesting because we get, we get a kind of, we get a couple of looks like, like, 
wait, you want me to stretch already outside of my role? I'm new here. You know, you want me to, you want me to bring up ideas that are not necessarily within my scope? And, you know, and, and the answer to that is, yeah, is, is yes. And, you know, so we kind of try to ingrain that from the very beginning, um, you know, this culture of kind of continuous improvement and, and development. Um, I think the other piece is we have a very transparent and equitable internal mobility program. So all of our roles are open for internal applicants. A significant number of our roles are only open to internal applicants and internal candidates, you know, they, they are, they interview and they're evaluated against scorecards that we develop for every role, for every search. Um, and candidates who aren't selected, they get real direct feedback from the, inter- from the hiring manager, from the person they interviewed with. Um, you know, and this gives them, the team members, an action plan of development areas to focus on so that they can position themselves to be the top candidate the next time a similar opportunity um, presents itself. So, um, you know, weaving back in like the feedback, culture of feedback, culture of transparency. Um, you know, we've seen we've seen a ton of movement across the organization, you know, up over into into other functions, um, you know, and, and those are some of the most successful people, right? Because if you understand, you know, what, what the sales motion looks like, and then you understand operations, then you understand, you know, this side, you're, you're, you know, you've got such, such kind of institutional knowledge that puts all the pieces together that is, is pretty unstoppable. Final question, Jen, and, and I suppose based on your experience, what you've done, what you're doing, and where you think you know where you're heading now, what is the one piece of advice you give to other people, leaders who are facing this huge challenge of, of scaling quickly, quickly, and all the the challenges that come with it? Yeah, um, I think um, prioritize. You know, as as people, people, and and people in the in the talent space. We want to say yes to everything and everyone. We feel an obligation to, um, you know, help and support wherever we're needed. Um, but it's really critical to prioritize. This is a lesson I learned well, kind of early on and throughout my career, um, because burnout can come really quickly when when you say yes to everything. So you need to prioritize. You need to make sure you're hitting the things that are going to have the biggest impacts um, on the business. Um, I think. Something I'm still learning is ship and iterate and, you know, don't let perfect be the enemy of good. I say that self, I say that to myself, you know, pretty frequently. Um, You know, it's, it's important to ship quickly when you're scaling. So sometimes you have to say, this is really good. Could it be better if I have more time? Sure, but it's good enough to make a positive impact right now. And, you know, and then you can continue to test and, and adjust. Um, and then I think nurturing and leveraging your network. So when you work in the people space, it's really easy to feel like you're on an island. Um, you know, as much as I lean on my, my, my peers on the leadership team for thought partnership and, you know, there's just, it's just a, it's, it's a role and it's a function that, um, that, that can feel kind of isolated sometimes. So, I found it really helpful to 
leverage the people and talent community um, for thought partnership, for inspiration, for, you know, to not have to reinvent the wheel. Um, you know, we love to share. So there's a ton of great open source content and resources available out there, especially now. This is a huge push. It's fantastic. Um, I'm constantly sending like LinkedIn posts to my, my team and Notion pages to my team um, of cool stuff that I find. Um, you know, listen to, listen to podcasts, <laughs> tell growth exactly. podcasts. Exactly. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Learn, learn from your peers, you know, and, and, and lean on your network. I think that's critical. 100%. Great advice, Jen. I'm looking forward to following your journey and the journey of Charter Up. Thank you so much for spending some of your busy time with us today. And thanks for being a part of Talent and Grow. My pleasure. Thanks, Paul. Really appreciate it. Thank you so much for tuning in today to that episode with Jen. I'm sure you felt the, the positivity and, and the vibe and the, and the, just, the, the, just the really exciting journey, it sounds like, uh, Chantra are going on. And I just wanted to share a little bit about uh, my own business, which is the Anemo Group. And we, we work really hard to stand out amongst the competition. We're a flexible talent acquisition consultancy, and there's lots of them out there. But there's a few reasons why we think we can do things better than those out there as well. Number one is our guarantee. I've heard so many stories of embedded talent businesses going on site, not delivering. So what we do is we offer a 30-day, no questions asked, money-back guarantee. That means if you're unhappy with our service or even if things just change for you and your business or whatever, you don't have to give a reason, then after 30 days, you can just pull the plug and we'll give you a 100% refund, no questions asked. Number two, in line with that, around me hearing so many horror stories about poor delivery by embedded talent, is we have a lot of flexibility with our contracts. Um, We don't lock people in. We can put one-month notice periods in there, whatever needs to be done to make you feel comfortable. We don't want you to be tied into something you're not happy with and not going to get good use out of. So that's really key. And number three... And I think this is really unique is our tech stack because lots of embedded talent companies come with LinkedIn recruiter and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, that's basic. What we do is we come in with MetaView. So any client or company who works with us gets to use MetaView for free. If you're not familiar with MetaView, it's an AI uh, note-taking, interview transcribing tool. It is phenomenal. It means no more note-taking. It means everyone can see what candidates have said exactly in the interviews. It means hiring managers don't have to write up feedback anymore. It means there's a one-stop shop for the exact conversation of the interviews, which bolts on to your ATS. It is amazing. It means you do not have to take notes anymore, which I love. So every client we work with, they get access to that platform. And then the second part of our tech stack, and we are going to grow this further, is companies also get access to candidate.fyi, which is a candidate experience platform. It's almost like an ATS for the candidates. So it means the candidate has a one-stop shop for um, everything that's going to happen in the interview process. So who they're meeting, when they're meeting them, uh, what the what prep they need to do, some fun stuff about the company, some what to expect from the hiring managers. It's all there. It's really, really cool. And again, it bolts on to any, any ATS. So the Nemo Group comes equipped with a ready-to-go tech stack. And we're going to grow that tech stack. So... Yeah, lots of reasons why you should work with us if you are hiring. And also, we're really good people. We're really nice. So, thanks for listening today. If you're interested in finding out more about the Enemo Group, drop me a note, paul at theanemogroup.com, and I will see you next time. <laughs>